You're listening to the Deeper Things podcast, a podcast dedicated to speaking about deep stuff because shallow conversation is boring. I'm your host, Senna, and I'm happy you're on here. So come on now, let's talk about deep stuff. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Deeper Things podcast. <laughs> I know it's been forever. If you have no idea who I am, my name is Senna, and I basically started this podcast because I wanted to talk about deep stuff. So guess what? For the next couple of weeks, we will be talking about relationships. Woohoo! Now, why would we be talking about relationships at this time? I just believe that something that is very strange and also like very common in this world right now is people doing relationships without God doing relationships without God. And it's very strange to me because we were made by God. And so I believe that everything we do should come out of God's blueprint or what God wants us to do in relationships. So while we're talking about that, we can just look at a scripture is anyone ready to open their Bibles? I know you guys can open your Bibles faster than I can. So let's go to Philippians 2, verse 5 to 8. Philippians 2, verse 5 to 8. So verse 5 says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Now you're asking me, Senna, what does this have to do with, for example, romantic relationships? And right now it's um, wedding season. Probably when you're listening to this, it may be a different time or you may be listening to this right now. And right now it's summer. It's summer in most of the world. And so it's wedding season. And you may be thinking, okay, you've read this scripture and Normally, when we read this scripture, it's about like Jesus Christ sacrificing himself for us or trying to prove to ourselves and to other people that Jesus Christ is equal with God. But today, this verse, I want you to see it in a different light because it's saying that we should have the same mindset as Jesus in our relationships with one another. So now, what was Jesus' mindset? So let's just look at 
the verse 6, it says that he was in very nature God, right? So if you're looking at God and you're looking at Jesus, they have the same nature. They, they're equal. Equal. But he didn't use this to his advantage as a knight. He didn't lord it over people, right? So when Jesus came here on earth, he took our nature. He took the human likeness. He lowered himself to our level. Now, modern society is like, oh my God, I'm not going to give up who I am, who I am, like my identity, you know, um, what do people say? Um, I'm not going to enable behavior. So many jargons are being thrown around that we've forgotten that being in a relationship with someone else is servanthood. Like, the Bible also says that, like, anyone who wants to lead must first be your servant. And in relationships, we are, like, we're called to serve each other. So now, let's look at the verse 8. It says that Jesus Christ, being found in an appearance as a man, as we described before, humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on the cross so it's like what is showing you is that you ought to be humble in relationships because it's talking about jesus christ's mission here about dying for us but it's also talking about obedience so like you have to be humble and obedient obedient to who obedient to god because like i said in the beginning god made us and so he gets to make the blueprint for what our relationships will look like, right? So aside Philippians 2 verse 5 to 8, there's a lot of like popular scriptures about relationships. I'm sure you've read or you've heard of First um, Corinthians 13, right? It's very, very popular, especially when People want to talk about love and want to talk about like amorous relationships. For Ephesians that we just read, uh, sorry, not Ephesians, Philippians. Oh, I'll get to Ephesians in a bit. So uh, for Philippians that we just read, it applies to all relationships. Not just marriage, but like your friends, your family, God, you know, because people forget that we have a relationship with God and that relationship must be above all things because in Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, we are commanded to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, right? And then love your neighbor as yourself. So it's supposed to be God that you love above every other thing and everyone. And then you love your neighbor as yourself. So if you are looking at it like in a hierarchy, God would be at the top and then at the bottom on the same level, right? This is what people get wrong. On the same level, you must love yourself. And on the same level, you must love the other person. Because like, if it's skewed, if it's skewed in any way, like if you love yourself more than the person, you will be selfish. But if you love the person more than you, you will not consider yourself, like you will not... Um, like you will overgive, you will overcommit, you will like you will drain yourself because 
as human beings, we have a limited capacity when it comes to many things, if we're being honest with ourselves. Um, so, yeah, that's why the Bible admonishes us to love our neighbor as ourselves. But we'll get into that in coming episodes. So, yeah, let's go to First Corinthians 13. First one, and then we'll read to the end. It's 13 verses. I love this piece of scripture. It is just so, so straightforward. You can't miss it. Like, you can't miss what they're trying to say unless you were really trying <laughs> to miss it. And I say this because um, when you're reading the Bible, you, if you are a born-again Christian, you should have the Holy Spirit who's going to help you, like, understand. But sometimes when we are new in the faith, we don't know how to hear him. And so that's why, like, you stand on the shoulders of giants and, like, you basically um, go to Bible studies with friends. Even if you're from a Christian home, like, your family, devotion. But that's not enough. Anyway, I'm digressing. I don't know who that was for. But, yeah, have a personal relationship with God. So let's read. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. That means you're just making noise. If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and I give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Okay, so let's pause here. Paul, the writer of 1 Corinthians, has mentioned a couple of things, right? Things that, if we look at it now, especially like in the Christian society, they're very high up there, right? Speaking in tongues, um, prophecy, faith you know but he's saying that like if you have all these things let's say you can speak both kinds like you can speak tongues like the one from heaven and then you can speak like different languages as well and then you also have prophecy and then you also have faith right that can move mountains but you don't love like you don't have love then you are nothing which is that is a huge statement <laughs> because we don't value love as highly as as we value the other stuff, if we're being honest. But anyway, let's keep going. If I give all I possess to the poor, and I... And, oh, I already read that. Um, but anyway, let's take it again. If I give all I possess to the poor, and I give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Okay. So, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. But... I love this turning point, right? But where there are prophecies, they will cease. 
where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Now the last verse, I love it so much. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Amen and amen. Now, um, I just wanted to... <clears throat> sorry. I just wanted to digress at this point. Again, and say that I have a YouTube video on this subject. So if you want to, you know learn more about it you can go to his glorious delight so it's altogether his glorious delight on youtube and check it out but for now we're just going to go through the verses that we just read i love the definition right of love when you ask people what is love they're all like you know people have different definitions some people say oh love is a feeling you know you feel good you feel good about this person um so you love them more than anyone else if we were to go with that like our feelings <laughs> our feelings are dominated like created by many things science will tell you like you know you have dopamine serotonin like neurotransmitters hormones doing their thing like <laughs> You know, you're getting stimulation from what you see, what you hear. But those things are not concrete. So if you were to build a love on that, that's a shaky foundation. It says here that love is a couple of things. It's patient, it's kind. Um, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes and perseveres. So, and it never fails. And then it's saying what love is not, right? So love is not envious, it's not boastful, it's not proud, it does not dishonor others, not self-seeking, not easily angered, not one that keeps record of wrongs, and it does not delight in evil, right? And then love rejoices with the truth, that is, that's amazing. What am I basically trying to say here? Love may look different from what you're used to calling love and this should be your constant like measurement your constant scale so if you say you love someone are you being patient with them are you being kind or are you dishonoring them in front of others are you doing this for your own selfish like gain just to say that you're in a relationship with someone are you like easily angered by this person that you claim to love do you never forgive them like you keep record of every single thing that they don't do right you know 
a lot of these things seem normal when it comes to relationships, family relationships, right? Friends, yourself, God, and a significant other that you've chosen to do life with. Today, I just want to submit to you that God is in charge of this aspect of your life. Just as you know that God is in charge of like, I don't know, your church life, you, your prayer life, you know. People like God to be in charge of certain parts of their lives and not others. As if he made certain parts of this world and not others. He made everything. He's in charge of everything. And I just wanted to encourage us to surrender our love lives to God. Yeah, plain and simple. If we want to succeed, we must first go to the person who made it in the first place. Right? Because what is promising here is that love never fails. I've seen failing love. I've experienced (laughs) failing love. Love that failed. Why? Because it was not built on Christ. It's not built on God's foundation. It was built on what I thought was right. And that is that is never. <laughs> that is never enough. Why? Because even the spiritual things, prophecies, tongues, knowledge, you know, we only know them. We only know in part. We don't even know everything. But then even what we know, right, when a new discovery comes out, it's like the old knowledge that just vanishes. Nobody uses that anymore. Right? There's a new discovery. Oh, we discovered this. Then all of a sudden, everything before that is gone. Things keep changing constantly. So Paul is saying that that is not even, that is not even a firm foundation. And also, those things are nothing compared to love, true love, because they disappear. They disappear and they're not even like complete. So faith, hope, love, the greatest is love. I don't know how how much more <laughs> you want me to say or go into this, but I think it's pretty straightforward. If you guys have any questions, as always, you can put in the question tag or um, email the Deeper Things podcast. Or better still, just like DM us on Insta. We're at the the Deeper Things podcast and just send in a DM. Okay. Also, if you would like to be a guest in the studio with me, because I'm doing this thing where I'm having guests now um, for relationships, you have up to one week from when I release this episode to get back to me so that I can like schedule a time for us to record but that has been it for today thank you so much for sticking with me thank you for listening to the deeper things podcast I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I have Please don't forget to share this episode with anyone who you think might need to hear this. And join me again every Monday at 8 a.m. EET. Bye bye and God bless you.